You're listening to Elk Point Baptist Church. Subscribe to our podcast to hear every sermon and like us on Facebook by searching Elk Point Baptist Church, located in Elk Point, South Dakota. Sioux City, and every now and then, yeah, thank you, thank you. Every now and then we get some silly people. And uh, now it is, it is men and women, so the men say stupid things, women say stupid things. It's, it's no sexism here. Uh, in this case, it was a woman, and, and she said, hey, where is the hardware for decks? And I said, uh, what kind of deck do you have? Because it matters, it, wood, composite decking, cedar decking, different kind of decks. And she said, the deck I have at home. It wasn't good. I was like, uh, it's, it's, it's over there. That's what I said. And those are the people that say, oh, those, those Menards people, they don't know nothing. They don't, they don't, they just not helpful at all. What size screws? Oh, uh, I got a phone call one time and the, someone said, hey, how much are your screws? And I said, uh, what screw? And they said, medium size. And I said, a dollar fifty, sure. Oh, a dollar fifty, yeah, dollar fifty, sure, sure. Uh, I had another one when someone said, uh, "Oh, oh, don't ever say standard size. Don't ever. That's that's a swear word at Menards. Standard size. Someone uh, someone came to the desk and said, "Hey, I need a window. My window broke. Uh, my kitchen sink is right here, and the window is right here." And I said, "Okay, what size is that?" And they said. The kitchen sink is right here and the window's right here. And I said, got it. What size is that? And they said, the one where the kitchen sink. And I said, you have to get the size. <laughs> Go measure. Go measure the size. Or uh, a door. There's many different size doors. And they said, oh, I need a door. It's for the bedroom. And I said, what size is that? And they said, the standard size, the one for the bedroom. And I said, great. You need to go measure <laughs> Because there is no standard. There's, uh, the, the real word is common. There's common. There's more common, like an exterior door is always 36, 36 inch. That's a common, but not always. Especially with these old houses, like my house is over 100 years old. There's not a standard size in that house. Definitely not. Yeah. <laughs> You're the man. You got it. You know, why don't, why don't you work at Menards? <laughs> Good, Pastor? All right. Poor Ryan. He's just trying to help me out on my live feed, and it turns into an argument. Uh, amen. All right. Uh, well, if you have your Bible this morning, we're going to be in the book of Acts, chapter number four. Yeah, you guys can be dismissed. And gals. Acts chapter number 4 this morning is where I want to begin. And this may be our last week uh, emphasizing uh, our need and calling to be a witness for Christ. I, I don't know if emphasizing is even the right word. We something we talk about on a regular basis, and we should, because we are supposed to be witnesses for Christ. Uh, we're called to be witnesses, as we'll see. But uh, just as far as these uh, few couple weeks that we've been really trying to emphasize the point, and so... 
In Acts chapter number 4, uh, we'll be looking there in just a moment. Uh, but, you know, when we think about witnessing, and again, this is going to be Sunday school, and then I'm going to have a message about witnessing for the regular service as well. So we'll be thinking about some of these uh, ideas of witnessing. I, uh, I was really in, inspired with, by a, uh, the, oh man, I, I, I forgot that I left my other notes up there with, uh, uh, for them to look at. Huh? Where? Are you done? With them? Okay, yeah, I'll get them. Uh, I believe, believe it's Air Force Pararescue. Uh, and I was thinking about Chad and some others as far as I was really inspired. Thank you so much, Ryan. I was really inspired by the, uh, the, the Air Force Pararescue Creed. I saw this years ago, and it just stood out to me. I was just uh, watching a deal about these guys and their training and so forth. Uh, and the Air Force Pararescue Creed is, It is my duty as a pararescue man to save life and to aid the injured. I will be prepared at all times to perform my assigned duties before personal desires and comfort it. Uh, before personal desires and comforts. These things I do that others may live. These things I do that others may live. And I was just so inspired by, number one, the training these guys went through and thinking, man, they're doing all this to save the lives of others. Like, that's their thing. I mean, it's Air Force Pararescue. They, um, that's what they do. Uh, and I just love that level of commitment. I'm going to commit to this. And I, I pray that God will help us. But I was thinking about that commitment, and I was really even wondering with Chad, even with some of the things and uh, him being a fireman and some of the, the, the rescue and first responder uh, uh, things that Chad has done, and even wondered about other creeds and sayings. I'm sure that he could share some uh, inspiring things with us along the line as well. But I was thinking about uh, today, last week we talked about the Apostle Paul, and I'd like to talk a little bit more about that too, because we were talking about how his, his lifestyle and the things he did while the ship was going down there in Acts 27 helped lead to many other people coming to Christ. Uh, but here in this particular chapter, we're going to uh, look at a few more of these things about being a witness and look, if you will, in Acts chapter number 4, and I believe we'll begin reading in, I'm sorry, I said Acts 4, yeah, and I think that's where I want to be, Acts 4. And the Bible says, And as they spake unto the people, the priest and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them. Now I want to give you the context. Do you remember a couple weeks ago we preached about the, the, the lame man that was sitting at the gate and how that Peter and John went up and, uh, and they healed it through the power of Christ. They healed the man and this became a testimony to all these. Well, this is the continuation of that story. <laughs> uh, one of the interesting principles I learned years ago that I thought was very fascinating is that one of the chief, chief opponents of witnessing and true Bible salvation isn't so much, isn't as much as what we would consider the ungodly crowd, the, the extremely uh, sinful and anti, anti, openly anti-God crowd, but throughout the Bible it's been the religious crowd. Uh, and, and through history, through time, it's been that as well. It's amazing how much uh, dead religion, ritualistic religion, does not appreciate Bible salvation. You ever notice that? And some of you, if you think about it, maybe in your life you can think about how uh, they don't appreciate it. You know, you can have people in your family or, or maybe a church that 
may have ostracized you. Uh, I know of people personally. I, I met a guy years ago. He was uh, born and raised Catholic and, um, you know, in a Catholic community like in New York or something, something really uh, strict and strong. I mean, it's just a part of their family idea, identity. But when he trusted Christ, um, his family actually had a kind of a quasi-funeral for him because he was dead to them now. He had left the Catholic Church and, 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 and gone to the Baptist Church or whatever, but as I'll emphasize later, man, we're never trying to get people uh, to convert to another religion, are we? If you really think about it. That's why I can remember years ago whenever uh, I was uh, in uh, a chaplain at, at the hospital when I, when I lived in Pierre, uh, and uh, one of the things was, uh, one of the rules they had was no proselytizing. No proselytizing. And I'm thinking, okay. And, and so the, the, the strict definition really to proselyte is basically to try to get someone to convert from one religion to another. And I'm like, well, I'm not really interested in that. I'm not trying to get somebody to convert to my religion. Uh, I'm just trying to introduce somebody to a friend of mine. <laughs> You're right. I'm trying to introduce someone to someone that I know and that they can know. So, I'm not re- so, th- so therefore, I said, uh, I, just, I just asked the question. I said, okay. Uh, this, this was during kind of my interview to be a chaplain. Uh, and by the way, man, uh, chaplaincy stuff, uh, man, it's, uh, chaplaincy can be a tough uh, field to work in and be in because, uh, man, they're so inundated with, a, with this spirit of you can't say nothing to offend anybody. You know, you can't, uh, you know, you, you've... You've, I know to some extent we try to be all, you know, Paul said, I'm all things, all people that I may win some, but there's, there's still some, there's some caveat to that. <laughs> Paul is not going to say, oh, well, here's a person that does not believe that Jesus Christ is the only way, but since they have another religion, I'm going to just be comforting and pretend to be that religion right now. Well, you would never do that because this person's soul is at stake. So, so, uh, so anyway, I'm in that interview process, and that was one of the things. No proselytizing. When you're here at the hospital, you are a chaplain of St. Mary's Hospital. You're, uh, you know, it's not that you're uh, a Baptist preacher. You're, a cha- you're working as a chaplain uh, for St. Mary's Hospital. And I said, okay. And then that's where I said, so no proselytizing. I'm like, okay. I said, I can, I'm not trying to proselytize. Uh, but I said, but I said, but one question. I said, can I? just open up the Bible and share scripture with people and talk to people about Christ. Oh yeah, of course you can do that. And I'm like, okie dokie. <laughs> and, uh, and now honestly, uh, I think probably at the, at the spirit of what they were really wanting was for me not to do that <laughs> in a sense because they wouldn't want me. But again, I'm not trying to get somebody out of their religion. I mean, okay, I may be trying to get somebody out of their religion, but I'm not trying to get them convert from their religion to my religion. I'm just, I just want them to know Christ. It's relational. Um, so, uh, so, but, but religion, here we go, these, these Sadducees and, and the priest and the captain of the temple and all this, these are the ones that get really upset and get all hot and bothered and high and mighty. It's always bothered me, it's something else I've noticed as well, how that, uh, I think it was last week I may have mentioned about the fellow that I used to work with, David, how uh, that, uh, that I witnessed to David and that uh, a fellow that I went to church with was our supervisor and how that this supervisor uh man it it was a shock i'll just put it this way it was a shock 
to my friend that I'm trying to witness to that, my, that our boss, my, a guy that I went to church with, it was a shock to him, number one, that he even went to church. And that he claimed to be a Christian was a real shock to him. Because he was such a, uh, he, he was a different man from church to uh, work. I mean, I'm talking about cussing, womanizing, just the whole thing. Dirty jokes. Uh, so it made it difficult to win David to Christ because he said, so that guy goes to your church. And I'm like, yeah, okay, all I need to know. And I'm like, oh, this ain't good. <laughs> and I shared that with you last week. Uh, but I'm sharing all that to say this. It was so amazing to me that, praise God, uh, David eventually came to Christ. And, you know, I told you what a happy morning it was when David, and I mean, it was just a different morning. You know, sometimes you can just tell. Uh, he come walking into work, and he was just making a beeline toward me. He, he kind of walked with a little strut and a little swagger, but he just walked straight, just a beeline toward me that particular morning, st- shook out his hand and just said, I want to shake your hand. Uh, and thank you for praying for me. Thank you for talking to me about Christ. I got saved yesterday. What a wonderful thing that was. Uh, and then guess what? Then he came to church uh, with me, the, uh, I think the following Wednesday, maybe that Sunday. Then he brought his wife. Uh, but guess what happened? His family, and his family happened to be charismatic. It wasn't, uh, you know, Catholicism or something like that. And man, they hit the roof. They hit the roof. And just uh, started uh, denigrating and running us down. And they were upset that he wasn't going to their church. Well, it kind of reminds me. You ever heard the old story about the fellow that, that uh, he was out of town and just thought he would go into a church and, and visit? And, uh, and man, the, uh, the, the, the choir started singing and the singer started singing. And, the, and, the, and, and it wasn't a very exciting type of church. But man, the truths that they were singing about just stirred his heart. And the man pretty soon said, Amen. And pretty soon he could figure out that this wasn't the type of church that welcomed that too much. And so he, he kind of uh, just got quiet again. But boy, they started singing a little bit more. And he got even more excited. And he just said, Hallelujah. And so finally, after a couple of these outbursts, uh, one of the deacons got up because they had a plan if you ever had something like this. One of the deacons got up and goes to this man and said, uh, Sir, what do you think you're doing? He says, he says, man, he said, I'm just excited. They're singing about salvation and I've got salvation. I'm saved. And the deacon said, well, you didn't get it here. So, so how about just keeping it quiet, you know? But it kind of reminds me of that. It's like, it reminds me of the man that sat at, this, at the gate of the temple all these years and religion never did anything for him except maybe enabled him and, 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 and him staying in the same shape he was all that time. But in a moment, Peter and John come up and they, all of a sudden, in the name of Jesus Christ and the power of Christ, man, he, he's able to rise up and walk and God does a miracle in his life and now religion doesn't like it. And that's what happens. It's like, look, your church hadn't done nothing for this man all these years. Sorry. Uh, yeah, maybe it's kept, kept him enabled. Maybe it's kept him dependent uh, on the church. But overall, it's kept him lame now that he's saved. But isn't it a shame? It's really revealing when a church, when someone doesn't rejoice over a soul being saved. And they get upset. And it really bothered me because, I mean, honestly, I mentioned already that it was a charismatic church. I met one of his friends that was highly discouraging him from, by this time, even talking to me, I believe. Uh, but the thing is, I believe that guy was saved. I really do. But he was so indoctrinated 
in the things that he had been told that we believed, uh, that, uh, that he super discouraged it. And pretty soon, uh, David was kind of torn and went back, back and forth to those churches, uh, but, but between our church and, and the other church. And pretty soon, I think he started getting out of church. And I'm like, man, why not encourage the guy? Um, so it's, it's a shame how much religion fights. And this can happen in communities, by the way. I've got, uh, I've got friends. Well, James Ruckman is one. He, of course, he's a missionary to Africa now. But before that, he started a church. He was a missionary in central South Dakota. Man, uh, you want to know who uh, started rumors and uh, just did everything they could to try to hinder that church? It wasn't the people at, the, well, I was going to say it wasn't the people at the bar, but it's kind of one and the same. But, but it wasn't the bar owners and it wasn't the, uh, the, 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 the adulterers and, the, and, the, and the, the people that, it wasn't the atheist. It was the, church, the, 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 the local churches that was fighting uh, what God was doing there. And by the way, that story is as old as just outside of the Garden of Eden anyway. It's as old as Cain and Abel, isn't it? Cain had his religion. He had his works. He had what he did uh, rather than doing what God said. And that is to, uh, to, to he, God was trying to teach a lesson to trust in the sacrifice of another. Um, Instead of that, he went out, he worked hard, he got calluses, he got dirt under his fingernails, he made an offering to God, God rejected it because God said, no, it's not by the sweat of your brow, it's not by the works of your hands, it's by faith, it's through the blood that your sins will be forgiven. And understand also, if you go back to that, go back to that story, God gave Cain another chance. He said, if you do well. He said, Cain, you could still get this thing right. But you know what Cain did instead? He killed Abel. He killed Abel. So the very first murder in the Bible was a martyr of religious persecution. And still to this day, it is a religious persecution that has cost the lives of more Christians than anything else by uh, far. And I, I understand that today we have our brothers and sisters that are dying at the hand of those in uh, extreme Islam, uh, but, uh, and, and, by, and many of them are, and I don't want to discredit that at all, but through, throughout the centuries, it has even, it's been those that thought they, they were killing people and they thought they were doing God's service. So, uh, well, there's verse 1, okay? But just the point is, is that oftentimes you'll find that religion will fight against, traditions will fight against really uh, introducing people to Christ. Okay, uh, but then we see it, it continues here, verse 2, Acts 4, 2, being grieved that they taught the people and preached through Jesus the resurrection from the dead, that they laid their hands on them and they put them, and they put, uh, them in hold until the next day, for it was now eventide. Howbeit many of them which heard the word believed, and the number of the men, which was, was about five thousand what a wonderful thing that is well you think the rulers were upset before now they're really upset five thousand men and i told you i told you this when i preached this message about this man being healed uh the, the, the word and the terminology that's being used right there it means men uh so it is not even including women and children that may have come and been saved but five thousand men now 
So I just want to kind of give a, a brief overview of the early part of the, the book of Acts and then point out a few more verses here in Acts chapter number 4 just to try to be an encouragement to us this morning. The New Testament was born, was born out of witnessing and was born to witness. I mean, that's how the church got started. It was born out of somebody witnessing and it was born for the purpose of perpetuating and continuing that by others continuing to witness. And I'm telling you, it literally changed the world. And that's what we talked about last week. You know, what should we do in the midst of the crisis in our country and in the world today? We need to witness to people. We need to share Christ with somebody. We need to let people know that God's real. And I'm telling you, it makes, a, it makes all the difference in the world, literally. And so we understand here in Acts chapter 2, verse 4, uh, and there's, there's a lot going on here. I won't get into all of it. But the fact when they were filled with the Holy Ghost and they began to speak with tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. But when you read about what they were, what they were speaking in these tongues, and, and if we, we don't use the word tongues very often for this. What, would we, what, what terminology would we use to describe what took place there? Languages. That's exactly what it was. They were, you, you read on, you figure out they were just speaking in other languages. And as they, but what were they speaking in other languages? You read there in Acts chapter number 2, the Bible says, they heard the wonderful works of God. Amen. In other words, they were hearing the gospel. They were hearing about the Lord. So from the very start... Uh, the Spirit gave them utterance. These 120 believers, now filled with the Holy Spirit of God, witnessed as God said they should. Then Peter preached uh, on the day of Pentecost, and 3,000 souls and lives were transformed that day. So the whole book of Acts is characterized by two things, personal and public witnessing. The result Acts chapter 2, verse 47, the Bible says, And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. So as you go on and we get over here to Acts chapter number 4, where now all of a sudden 5,000 more people believe, this brought such a stir that Peter and John were called on the carpet uh, by the religious leaders, where they gave the familiar words. Look at verse number 12. Of course, they're being challenged on speaking in the name of Jesus, but they say there in verse 12 of chapter 4, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there's none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. And this is a great thing because, of course, they, they get to the point to where they, they don't even want to say the name of Jesus, the religious rulers. They'll just say, Well, you quit preaching in that name. <laughs> no longer say this name anymore. And of course, we find out that they eventually go on to say, well, you know, well, uh, you know, you could say what you want to say, but ultimately, when it comes down to this matter, we're going to do what God told us to do, and that is to share Christ with other people. We've got to give an account to God. We do not have to be worried about you, so we are going to share, uh, continue to share the gospel. Um, I love this in verse number 13. This is one of the verses I really want to emphasize for Sunday school. The Bible says, now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. Now, uh, I love this because there's a lot to be said about this. Um, now, 
I, I can't help but imagine that some of these rulers knew Peter and John and knew who they were. Now, for one thing, it's cool when you go through the Gospels and read. And I, I, wish, I wish when we read the Gospels that we would read it kind of just for like what it's saying and try to actually imagine and enter in and think about these two guys that are arguing all the time. These two guys that are trying that, that are wanting to be the, 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 the top dog. I mean, they're, they're just a mess, these guys. Uh, but do you remember, and, and I'll mention this again later, so um, I'll, I'll appreciate your indulgence on some overlap from here to the morning service, but there's just some things that should be emphasized. And one is the fact that uh, Peter and the other apostles, what were they doing after the, or, you know, leading up to the resurrection of Christ and even after the resurrection of Christ? They were hiding. <laughs> they were hiding. Uh, they weren't bold. Uh, they, ran, they ran in the garden. John, John stayed at a distance from Jesus, so he, but he stayed, he stayed with the Lord uh, to some extent. But the rest of them ran off. They were not bold. As a matter of fact, if there was any kind of boldness, uh, I, I say this because what, what I'm trying to emphasize right here is how, how that God can make a common man, a common woman, uncommon god through the holy spirit of god can transform us to be a hero in somebody else's life to be a hero in somebody else's life by being a witness for him being uncommon this these men uh you know the, the extent that peter went to remember when he denied the lord there at, when he was being tried by Pilate and everything i mean denied that he knew him he cursed and swore and said i don't know the man <laughs> but now here he is preaching before thousands leading people to christ just an old fisherman the thing that that stood out to them was that they were ignorant they were unlearned and now that doesn't mean that we have to be ignorant and unlearned to be used of god um and and, and i'm glad for that i'm glad that god does use ignorant and unlearned people but you don't have to be ignorant ignorant and unlearned i believe in learning and i believe in uh, therefore not being ignorant however they just said these guys are they're 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 fishermen ignorant unlearned men one of the funny things that, that i find about them being from galilee uh, most of the apostles were from galilee and one of the things about galilee galilee was not looked on as a uh, as a desirable place that wasn't like where it was kind of like that town over there you know it was kind of the uh okay okay sioux city oak point somebody i mean it's 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 just it's not new york city you know it's not la or something uh it's not the big city it's not the refined folks and and the interesting thing is is the galileans uh, that, that even in that area, you remember this, when Peter was trying to deny the Lord? He said, man, I, you got an accent, though. Remember that? You know why? Galileans had accents. They had these accents, and I know that there's a lot of you that don't think you have an accent. And that's because you just listen to each other talk all the time. Okay? Uh, I don't, yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, but... But, but, but one thing's for sure, I do, all right? I've got an accent. And have you ever noticed, and by the way, people just need to get thick skin, don't they? Uh, as long as I've been alive, which hadn't been all that long, you can say amen right there. Um, as long as I've been alive, you could be watching a movie or a show. 
They can be in New England. They could be way out west. They could be in New York. But if you've got an idiotic neighbor, guess how he talks? Southern. If you go to some, is that not you? Start paying attention to that. Because if you think about it, it's like, what's that do? They don't talk like that in Wyoming. Or they don't talk like that in uh, Maine. But every time they come up there, well, hey, how you folks are doing and all that. Why? Because there's that old ignorant dummy, you know, uh, coming up there. And uh, so I think Peter and John talk like me. I, I don't at all. I really don't. Uh, but, but the point is just saying that God is able to use willing vessels. God is able to take uh, common people and use them for an uncommon purpose. And that's what he's doing here. And so the, the, the thought, there's challenges to being a good witness for Christ. And I say a good witness because as I've been thinking and praying about this, how many of you are witnesses for Christ? How many of us are witnesses, just period? Every last one of us are witnesses. The question is, what kind of witnesses are we? And, and, and I just have to own up to the fact that I'm not always a great witness. I'm a witness all the time because the reason I say that I'm a witness is because I have been saved. I have put my faith and trust in Christ. I've seen what God can do. I mean, you know, it's, it's real. I, I know this. But am I testifying to that fact? Um, you know, can you imagine uh, depending on a witness in a trial or something, and you get that witness up there, and their testimony is key to victory, but then all of a sudden that witness gets up there and just doesn't want to talk, or just starts, uh, you know, hemming and hawing around rather than speaking clearly about what they've seen and experienced. Uh, well, all of a sudden you don't have a very good witness. They're a witness because they, they did see it, they did experience it, but they're not being a very good witness. So we're all, good, we're all witnesses, but I'm not always a great witness, but I want to be a great witness. And I want to encourage you to be a great witness. And one of the things in doing all this, I don't want to like do the whole the browbeating deal about being a witness, you know, like trying to beat you into being a witness. You got to do it. And it is a command. From the Lord, we understand that. But I'd like to present it to you more like we, we have the opportunity to be a witness. You can be a witness. But the only way we're going to be a good witness for Christ is if we pray and ask God to help us to be a good witness for Christ. Um, and, 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 and that's what I'm trying to do. I want to enable you and I want to encourage you and myself just to be witnesses for Christ. So I just want to pause right there just for a moment. And we, I, don't, I don't know if we've really asked this question. It's a, it's a good one. But what are some of the hindrances to being a good witness for Christ? Fear. I mean, I, I, that's the very first one I wrote down uh, in my notes earlier was fear. But now, I thought I had to pause right there. Just, let's just stop with fear for a second because that's pretty broad. But the bad thing is, is that under fear comes a lot of different categories that we face. Now, so let's pause right there for a second. What, what are what's some of the things that we fear when it comes to witnessing? Or, or you know, why, why we don't witness like we should? Okay, I'm going to go. Ralph's hand went up. Okay. Uh, Okay, so what you're saying is you're going to share Christ with them, but they're, they're going to look at your life and be like, 
So you're a Christian, is that what you're saying? Or Yeah. That is a big deal. That that is. Uh, and so we'll, we'll we'll put that we'll put the, we'll put a pin in that one for a second because that'd be a good one to come back to. But what what did you say, Doria? Rejection. Uh, now we, we talk about this. There's some personality types, but here's one of the funny things. There's there, there's there's two sides to every coin, isn't there? There there's a, there's there's some of us in here today that do not like rejection. There's others that are like I don't care. Right? Don't matter to me. But then at the same time, sometimes that same I don't care personality can also be a jerk to people. Because you don't care. Uh, and then what's it do? It makes it harder for you to be a witness because you're a big jerk. All right? <laughs> but, uh, but let's talk about those of us that there are some of us, and I will put myself in that basket, that do not like rejection. Fear rejection. Uh, so along with that rejection, I want to say a couple of things there. If you're rejected, what are some of the, how do we respond to being rejected generally? I mean, again, those of you who don't care, you can just listen and be supportive during this moment, but y'all pray for, y'all pray for the rest of us. But for those of us who fear rejection, what are some of the things about rejection that we fear? You, you understand what I'm asking? Okay, what, oh, being misunderstood. That's okay. There was a great a couple great ones come out there right away. Being misunderstood. Uh, we'll get we'll we'll get all these out here and then come back. All right. What'd you say, Ralph? Man, getting hurt, getting hurt. Uh, others on we we're rejected and then how do we feel? What how does that how do we react to being rejected? We're, we 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 embarrassed. Absolutely. Feel like a fool. You put yourself out there and you got shut down. Uh, fear rejection. Uh, what's that? Anger. There you go. That's that's a good one. Uh, anger. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So, so, so being misunderstood. I mean, man, I I, I get all these. I, I really do. I. You know, one of the things that, I, that I'm known for is being transparent. But I'm telling you, man, it's hard to be transparent sometimes, especially as a pastor, because, you know, I'm supposed to be like Mr. Super Christian, right, uh, and all that. But the fact of the matter is, is I'm just like you. I just happen to be a pastor. Uh, and well, I'm not just like some of you, but, but in some ways, I'm just like all of you, I believe. And as far as in the fact that I'm, I'm sinful and all that, and I, I have weaknesses and whatever, but man, I fear rejection. I don't like being rejected. I don't like... Even just giving somebody a gospel track and them in like, oh, and I'm just like, oh, that's awkward. You know, I don't like that. I don't like the rejection. I don't, but now the thing that I have to use to try to overcome that fear of rejection, I guess we're getting ahead of ourselves on that one. Number one, being misunderstood is tough, being hurt, being embarrassed, getting angry, is that if I can just remember one thing about the rejection part of it, and y'all know where that's going, don't you? Who's really been rejected? Christ and that may not want to be again we don't want to experience that rejection but I'm telling you we just got to realize that when we're being rejected they're not rejecting us they're rejecting Christ and all of a sudden it's almost like these apostles do you remember this if we could just get this pers perspective 
The apostles, they were rejected and they got beat down, man. They got beat up, they got thrown into jail. But do you remember what they said when they got beat? you remember their response? Praise God that we were worthy, we were counted worthy to suffer persecution for Christ. Now, I want to be very careful here. Somebody being a little smart with me at the Walmart checkout line is not persecution, okay? Um, my family calling me a, a holy Joe or a holier than thou or a holy roller, not persecution, all right? And I don't mean to minimalize rejection because I'm telling you, I don't like it. But when, but, but when I'm, uh, it just don't feel right to use persecution when I think about what my brothers and sisters are going on in the world, okay? But let me come back to this point that I'm trying to make. We witness for Christ. Uh, when we're rejected, you know what? I think we need to learn to, be, to praise God that we were counted worthy to be rejected with Christ. Because we're not alone. We're with Jesus. And we don't want to be rejected no more than Peter and John want to get punched in the face. But it's, the, it's all about perspective. And so... That's one of the huge things that's, it's, when you, when, when our values are made right, and, and the, the scripture is what makes our values right, and, and I'd love to talk more, there's a lot I want to say about that in the near future, but when we just got the right perspective, when we think about things the right way, when we got the right philosophy on life, that helps a lot. Okay, we spent a little bit of time there on that rejection, misunderstood, hurt, embarrassed, anger. I don't like any of those. Don't like being rejected. Uh, we fear, we fear people, um, we fear rejection. What's uh, any other fears? Or I'm, we're, yeah, I guess we're still on the fear. Any other fears that we want to talk about when it comes to sharing our faith? Doria? Yes. Yeah, offending people. Absolutely. Hey, I don't want to offend anybody. The gospel offends people. Uh, it really does. But that don't mean we need to be offensive. And we don't want to be offensive. Uh, the truth is offensive, okay? Uh, but that's another, another fear of rejection, or, or another thing under fear, I'm sorry, is offending people. Another fear. Another thing under the category of fear. Ralph. Oh, that's a great one. Uh, and I, it, Now you tell me if I'm going down the wrong path here with that, but being challenged, when I think about being challenged, I'm thinking somebody all of a sudden says, well, oh, so you believe the Bible. What about, and they start asking you questions about the Bible or God or the world. Uh, why God allows suffering, and on down the line you go. Uh, that's up there. That's up there. Um, being challenged. Um, being a, offending someone, being challenged. Uh, okay, another fear? Judged? Absolutely. Any other, any other thing under the heading of fear? Ain't this funny? Fears? Uh, I'm glad we're talking about this now because I'm going to bring this up briefly in the next in, in the next service but um but you know but you'll have the benefit of being able to think about some of these other challenges to witnessing um but being judged man there's a pretty big one that uh that we may be uh, glossing over here or kind of forgetting about when we talk about fear what about your job uh you know what what about you know uh, our our well, I mean, our young people are in the class there, but for the team, you know, what about school, man? I can't bring a Bible to school. I can't talk, I can't talk to people about uh, God at school. I can't talk to people about God at work. Uh, are they talking about college football on the clock? 
at work? Yeah, then you could talk about Christ on the clock at work. All right? Um, and that's one thing. I, I do want to talk about that eventually. I, I, wanna, I, I think before I'm done talking about witnessing, I'd like to do a, a one lesson or message or something letting people know a little bit about their rights as students, as people at work. Uh, it is literally, at least at this point, it is still illegal to infringe upon you as a Christian and to single you out, infringe upon you as a Christian for your beliefs as a Christian in the workplace or at school. Illegal. Christians don't know it. Employers don't know it. Uh, but it's illegal. They can't single that out. I've shared this one with you before, and I won't go uh, into it too much. Um, several guys I went to church with, they would bring gospel tracts. I need to get up some up here for uh, my message later. But they, they would bring some gospel tracts to work. And just through the course of the day, they'd be talking to somebody, invite somebody to church, hand them a gospel tract. Uh, well, all of a sudden, uh, y'all have got to quit this. This is, uh, you, you can't do this. Uh, now, they were, they were smart, though. Because they said that they got ahead of it. And they said, because we cannot allow you to bring in outside material because we're not allowed to bring outside material in because if we let you bring this in, someone could bring union material in. So we do not allow outside material to be brought in. Now, if this company that I worked for, if they would have enforced that rule across the board, oh, my apologies. We were just trying to talk for Christ and blah, blah, blah. We will not do that anymore. You know, as far as passing out the materials goes, the pamphlets or whatever. And I said, but, but, they, they called me because they thought I was the most reasonable one of the bunch, you know. So HR calls me in and sits me down and says, Jesse, would you, could you talk to these guys? Uh, you know, and I said, I said, well, I said, I would love to talk to the guys, the, my fellow believers that are bringing in some of these gospel tracts. I said, I said, but, I said, uh, and I can't remember the lady's name, maybe it was Judy or something. I said, uh, but now, is Judy still going to be bringing in her, uh, you know, Girl Scout cookie forms and all that stuff? Oh, yeah, yeah, but that, that does, that's not hurting anything. You know, it's like, well, no, I bet, but you said the thing is we can't bring in outside material, is that outside material? And, and I'm not being a smart aleck. By the way, you can, you can take a stand without being a smart aleck. I'm not being a smart aleck or anything. I'm just saying, hey, we will respect it. I said, but just you can't just pick this out. You've got to make it all or nothing. You can't just infringe upon our, our rights as Christians with what we're trying to bring in. That's illegal. So, uh, but you can have the fear of losing your job. Uh, and that's a tough one because even if you can't be fired legally, don't mean you can't be fired, right? Even if you can't be fired legally, doesn't mean they can't fire you. Even if you can't be fired, even if they can't legally infringe upon you as a Christian, hey, it's not unheard of for somebody to know that this person's a Christian, and so maybe they're too smart to say, we're tired of you talking about Christ, we're firing you, and they just drum up some other excuse to fire you. So that, that can be a, le a legitimate fear. By the way, I'm glad that we live in a country that we're uh, still protected uh, up to this point by the Constitution of the United States and the, and the Bill of Rights, and I know we could argue that a little bit, okay? Uh, but we, uh, we at least still have that. 
Uh, but the fact of the matter is that there could be a fear of losing our job. Okay, I probably went a little bit long on that point. Um, okay, uh, we're, we're just about out of time, and it's crazy how time, we, we're fear of getting judged. I said job. Any other fears you want to mention real quick? Absolutely. Yeah, I, I, can, I, can get, I can get where you're coming from with that. I mean, it is, it, it's, but I, where I try to come back to, and I know it's not the best illustration in the world, but, you know, I, I try to think of, you know, maybe, maybe calls that Chad has gone on as a fireman. Chad Gross used to be an EMT. Uh, some of these other first responder people, uh, man, sometimes they're breaking down doors. Sometimes they're, you know, doing things that aren't very comfortable to people because they love the people. Because they, but maybe they don't love the people, but they love, uh, they have a calling. They have a higher purpose. And I think there again, just getting back to perspective, one of the big, big things that, that if, I, if I could do one thing, number one, starting with myself, and number two, get it in every, every Christian's mind out there, I'm telling you, I believe that through the power of the Word of God, the power of the Holy Spirit of God, that we can have a dip, that we can fix this perspective of ours. That natural born fear that I have, uh, I can overcome that, and you've overcome it, and I have overcome it, but you don't just overcome it once, you've got to overcome it again and again. But we can overcome these fears with truth. We can overcome these fears, fears just by changing our perspective and saying, you know what, uh, man, this, this person might not accept me, might reject me, might judge me, might this, that, or the other thing, but you know what, man, I'm, I'm, I'm still going to love them. I'm still going to share the truth with them. I, and, and people get motivated different ways. So, somebody might, just out of a sense of duty, there are some people that get motivated more by duty. You know, they're more, it's not so much about relational, it's about pride. It's just like, nope, I've got a duty and I'm going to do it. Uh, others may be more motivated by just compassion and saying, you know what, man, I understand I'm going to get rejected, but if, if being rejected, I'm, I'm rejected with Christ because they're not rejecting me, they're rejecting Christ, and that gives me a, a closer fellowship with Him, I'm going to do it anyway. Um, and, and that leads to a, a couple of things that I guess I'll share more later, but I want to give at least, say, uh, one or two more things here before I'm done. Number one... What really made the difference in these, what is it, I'll just ask, what is it that made the difference in these men's lives? What is it that made them uh, go from hiding and fear and denying to all of a sudden standing up boldly for Christ? Amen. What was it? Time spent with Him, number one. The Holy Spirit brings confidence and so forth, but it's the Holy Spirit of God. We have the power of, I mean, God Almighty living within us. That we have power. He is our source of power and authority. We have the power of God. We have the Word of God. And therefore, uh, look at Acts chapter, uh, so go all the way to 532. And, well, and, and I'll say this, by the way. Oh, I just, man, so much I wanted to share here. Let, let me try to close this out real quick. A couple more things out of chapter number four. It's kind of cool. In verse 23, they were, let, they were let go, and then they go share these things with the church and so forth. 
Uh, and you get down to verse number 29. The Bible says, And now, Lord, behold their threatenings, and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word. And I just think about that. Why is the first thing they're praying about is for boldness? What makes sense to me is this. They're praying for boldness because they needed boldness just as much as we need boldness. Not one of them just woke up in the morning and said, Man, I'd love to get hit in the face and kicked on the ground. Wouldn't it be great just to get thrown into jail today? Wouldn't it be, wouldn't it be great that maybe the, today's the day that I'll be stoned to death? I mean, what, what, a, what a day. You know, There's none of them that woke up in the morning with that outlook. And so every one of them had to have some of the same reservations that we have to some extent when it comes to sharing our faith. So they prayed, Lord, give me boldness. And of course, you know, you can read the book of Acts and find out that God granted them that boldness. And so I just pray that God will grant us boldness as well to overcome our fears, um, to get the right perspective, to have the right paradigm in life as we approach uh, sharing our faith with others. And uh, yeah, so just depending on Him. So uh, any, uh, any quick, wow, really quick, it's 44, but any quick closing uh, uh, comments, conclusions to help wrap things up, Ron? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that the, the resurrection is, uh, and you'll find that's what they were witnessing too often too, is the resurrection of Christ. Uh, Doria. Amen. Yeah, that, and, and, and I experience that on a different level sometimes preaching and teaching. Uh, man, I, there, there's times, man, I tell you, there's times that, I'm, that I preach. And one thing I liked about the storefront that, I, that we don't have here is that we don't have a door that I could just step right out of real quick and be gone. Uh, not that I don't want to talk to people, but sometimes I preach and I feel like I make such a mess of things. I feel like leaving out of the back door instead of the front door. But the cool thing is, I'm telling you, there's, th- there's times that, that I've been preaching or teaching and I'm just like, the, to Doria's point, Lord have mercy on me, I'm, this is terrible. But then that's the one to where maybe somebody comes and gets saved. Or that's the one to where afterwards somebody comes to me in tears and says, Preacher, that's just what I needed to hear. Because you know what, it's really, what, what it really is? If it was left up to me and my charisma and uh, my oratory skills, God forbid, if it was left all up to that man, we wouldn't get a lot done around here. We've got to be reminded all the time that it's what Doria said. God's word doesn't return void. Um, and I've said it before, but I, just want to, I, I, I do want to reiterate it before we dismissed from Sunday school that don't let your lack of knowledge, uh, I mean, number one, gain knowledge, learn, make an effort. I mean, we can get better. But as far as today, don't let what you don't know hinder you from witnessing. If you don't know, again, if, if you're saved, you know enough to lead someone to Christ. You may not exactly know how yet, I understand that. But if you think about it, you do know how. 
Tell them about Christ. It's His work. It's not us. Uh, it's, he, it's He that does the work. We share, but He's the one that must do the saving anyway. Um, so just share it. And again, I've told it to you many, many times. If somebody brings up something you don't know, say, you know, I really don't know. How about that? What do they do if they bring up something I don't know? Tell them you don't know. But, tell, but, but you could tell them, you know what, I don't know. Uh, and you know what, that's a good question. I, I'm, I'm going to try to find that out. But in the meantime, can I just get back to that original question? You know, where are you going to spend eternity? Or, you know, do, have you accepted Christ? I mean, what are you counting on to get you to heaven? Whatever it is that you're trying to get across to them, just go back to that. Amen? Amen. It's not what you know, but it's who you know. And the Lord does the work. And, and so it goes to this. If nothing else, try to make sure that you can, I mean, I say try, make sure you get some Bible into your witnessing. I, I want to talk a lot more about our lives and everything, and I'll be able to mention that later, but I won't talk a lot about it, but how much our lives really matter in witnessing. But uh, man, even, you don't have to know a lot of verses, but man, be sure you get some scripture in there. We need to be able to tell our stories. That's one of the powerful ways to witness is to tell people what God's done for us. But we need to make sure, because he didn't say that our word would not return again void. He said his word would not return again void. So we could say, hey, but I, I, I heard, you know, I, I was a sinner. The Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But, you know, the Bible says uh, that, that God commended his love toward us. I mean, whatever, I don't care how much it even is. There, there's one form of witnessing that's called the bridge method. I would encourage you to look it up, the bridge method. And uh, it's just taking one verse and spending time on one verse and talking to somebody, just use, using one verse. Uh, so that can make it simple. You memorize that one verse and kind of go through it with them. All right, I better stop. Uh, Lord, we thank you. Please, from here on back, Lord, help each of us to have boldness uh, in our witness, Lord, I pray. And uh, help us, God, just to win somebody to you, dear Lord. And we'll thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen.